Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Diane. And we are suburban moms trying to make room in our lives for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. We hope you'll join us on this journey to think more and do with less. We are continuing our series called A Minimalist Home, where we walk through each room of the home and talk about ways to stay minimal so you can make the best use of the space for your family. Today, we're talking about master bedrooms. Before we get into our conversation, we want to share a review with you from Sarah Dottie. She says, I've only been listening for a few days and I'm already feeling inspired to minimize many areas of my house and my schedule. Yes, that's great. Thank you for that review. Yes. So why don't you give us your minimalist moment of the week, Diane? Okay. My moment this week was an idea that I had actually from another podcast, which I'll share that podcast for a resource at some point. But looking at what you're spending throughout the holidays and seeing where you can give to others. And so I considered that my family always does a secret Santa just with the adults And I feel like it's been something that people don't really care too much about because it's like we're all just exchanging $25, $20 to one another. That said, I had the idea this week that maybe we could put that $20 to good use and using the program World Vision. It's a global Christian humanitarian organization, and it says they partner with children, families, and their communities to reach their full potential by tackling the causes of poverty and injustice. But I am going to have our family sit down at Thanksgiving dinner or after, and we're going to just come up with what we could buy for families in other countries with that $20. So if we all lump some, maybe we could buy some chickens or a cow to provide families in other countries with whatever they need for the year. Or, I mean, a cow is going to live for many years. So yeah, that was... Oh, that's great. Yeah. I just felt like it would be a good use of that money as opposed to like just a $20 gift card to Starbucks that I don't really need. Right. So... On one side of our family, we did a similar thing where just the adults had a gift exchange, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, the kids get all the gifts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everybody buys for the kids or at least wants to buy for the kids. Mm -hmm. And I did the same thing this year. I said, guys, you know, I just contacted each of them Mm -hmm. individually. I didn't just send a group text Mm -hmm. and say, sorry, it's over, but I just asked each person individually would you mind if we didn't do the exchange this year? It feels like you said when we started it, it was gifts and we were all pretty much in the same city in Mm -hmm. the same place. But as our family has grown, as extended family has grown, people have moved away and we're basically just exchanging gift cards Mm -hmm. at this point. So, but that's a great idea. That's something that maybe I could suggest as an alternative. I'm sure there's other organizations that do the same thing. This is just one that I was familiar with, but I love it. I love that I want to bring the kids in on this as Mm -hmm. well and just maybe use some play money and see like where they'd spend their dollar. So... I'm excited. Awesome. Yeah. So what's your resource of the week for us? So my resource of the week is a thing. We don't usually promote buying more things. Uh (laughs) However, this thing has been saving our lives lately. At least that's a little dramatic. I mean, it's not saving our lives, but it's making it a lot easier. We have, everybody in our family has a device and... There's always the cords and where's this charging cable and where is everything? So we purchased a docking station. It's an iPad, iPhone, really anything with a USB input could be plugged into this docking station. And we keep it in a central location 
and you can even purchase short cords to go mm-hmm. with them. So it's not you know, six feet of yeah. tangling in ten different cords everywhere. Uh, but it just sits there in the living room and everybody knows where their things are and can just go at the end of the night. I can do, I can just look at them, check, 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 check. Everything's Mm -hmm. there and plugged in. That's really nice. Yeah. It's so nice. And especially I could see it being helpful to when kids get older or, Mm -hmm. and everybody has a cell phone Mm -hmm. or the friends come over and they want a place to charge their phone. Oh yeah. There's... I don't know how many, maybe 10 slots in this docking station and just like a cursory Amazon list. I can link to the ones that we, the one that we have in our show notes, but like a cursory look on Amazon and there's a ton of different styles and types of these. So Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely, again, we're adding a thing, but it'll make your life so much easier. That's something I've wanted to do, but my biggest fear is that someone calls me in the middle of the night and it's somewhere that I can't hear it or get to it. Mm. But I also just saw a study, I think the New York times put out in regards to keeping your phone on you and the cancer risks. I think it was more so in rats, but it just, it's got me thinking, do I really want my phone right next to my head every night when I'm sleeping? So I'll have to look at those. Yeah. So today we want to talk to you about master bedrooms as we were prepping for this SP episode, it became very clear that the master bedroom is used in so many different ways, depending on the needs of your family. Some use their bedrooms for sleeping and getting dressed only, and they're rarely in them. Others share their rooms with little ones because of sleeping arrangements, or Mm -hmm. you just have babies that aren't ready to go to the crib yet, whatever the situation. So they don't feel like that they really have a room of their own and others set up their master bedroom as a retreat and they just love to spend time there as much as possible, reading, watching TV or Mm -hmm. napping. So the master bedroom, we're going to try to address all of those different situations and just talk about really what is our vision for this room? What are ways that obviously we can declutter, but Mm -hmm. also make it a space that really functions well for you and your spouse, if that's your situation and your whole family. Great. All right. So which of those that I described, Diane, is closest to how you use your master bedroom? So as of right now, our master bedroom is being used as Martin's room. At one point, he and I were sharing the room, but it looked like he was just not going to ever sleep through the night on his own, so I decided that I was going to move downstairs. Marty had been sleeping on the couch for a while, and so I moved down there with him, and we have a couch from Urban Outfitters that is actually a futon, and so it's actually quite comfortable. I've been sleeping down there for a couple months now, but yeah, he, our baby, owns the master bedroom (laughs) right now, so it's not ideal, but we make it work, and... Mm -hmm. I'm looking to kind of take that space, get into a playroom for the kids and maybe either move them into the same room to sleep and just have that be their playroom or maybe his crib's still in there until he needs a bed. I'm not quite sure, but I definitely have ideas for that space because it seems so wasted. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just his crib in there and our old bed that we are not using right now. Mm -hmm. So I would love to say that we're both going to go back in there and sleep in our bed at some point, but... I feel like I do want them to have their own room at this point. So I feel like maybe the couch is where we'll stay. Mm-hmm. So And your your clothes and stuff are in your room. Yeah, right? I have a closet in there and he Marty has a wardrobe. But, I mean, other than just getting dressed, right? it's just Martin's bed. 
So it just seems like such a waste of our biggest room. I mm-hmm. mean, that's our biggest, really our biggest space is bigger than our living room. Mm. So it, we need to utilize it differently. That was kind of my plan in January moving forward. So we'll see. We'll see if he switches to Charlotte's room and we get our master bedroom back. But as at this point, it's just, we're not even in there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What about you? Well, we have definitely been in the space where children were sleeping in our room. Mm -hmm. But right now, they all have their own rooms. So we have a master bedroom that also serves many purposes. It serves as, like you said, our closet and sleeping room. But I also work out in our bedroom Mm -hmm. because we have a good distance between are the end of our bed and the wall. So I work out there in the mornings and I also have my desk in there. Mm-hmm. So I spend a lot of time in our bedroom. I would venture to say 70% of my life mm-hmm. is lived in that room. So it is a very important space for me. I'm very, uh, I I'm very aesthetically sensitive, if I can use that term, (laughs) meaning it's very important to me that the spaces that I'm in for a long period of time are cozy and inviting. Even when I was in a cubicle in an office, Mm -hmm. I would always decorate it. I'd have plants and like little prints I'd put up as best you can on those weird carpeted Mm -hmm. walls that they have in (laughs) cubicles. So I have made it a space that um, I really enjoy being in because I'm in there such Mm -hmm. a large percentage of the time. So one of the things that I found out while digging a little bit on this topic is I went back to our faithful study from UCLA, Mm -hmm. Life at Home in the 21st Century, and It had some interesting insight into how people use their master bedrooms, how families use them. It was saying that homes built in the 1980s and later reflect a different attitude in the master bedrooms. Like your your home is a historic home. It's older than that. So the master bedroom, while you said it is the largest, may be, have been designed. It doesn't have an ensuite, meaning it doesn't have a, um, a bathroom mm-hmm. and then maybe a walk-in closet. Mm-hmm. But things like my home was built in the 80s. So it does reflect what what this study calls hotel envy, a yearning for an ensuite space at home, just like chic upscale hotel rooms that we've seen or visited. So that means a larger spa-like bathroom, walk-in closets, and then less furniture per square foot than in the rest of the house and fewer decorations creating a less cluttered look. So basically having your room be a retreat. But what they found in the study was, yes, that was the mindset. And when they interviewed the families, that's what the parents would say about it. But in reality, they rarely spent any time in those bedrooms. And when they did, 
really what would just happen is their clothes would get spread over the area or things would wander in there because it had more square footage. Things that wouldn't necessarily need to be stored stored in a bedroom would be put in there. If you have a large walk-in mm-hmm. closet, then they're like, okay, well, let's store the camping gear or whatever you ran out of room for in other closets in their master space. So it wasn't really serving as the refuge that they intended it to be. They also addressed that, like we said, young children sometimes sleep in the space. So parents just haven't been able to feel like that is their refuge. And in sharing this mindset, I'm not saying necessarily that that is bad. I think every family goes through phases where, yeah, the kids need to sleep in there for whatever reason, or you need to use the space for something different. But I do think we can work to create a refuge or a space within our home wherever that is. I think Mm -hmm. everyone needs some corner, some cozy place that you can go to to relax and enjoy. Because if you can't enjoy yourself in your own home, that just is sad to me. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to live there if there's not a spot that I felt like I could make mine and I could just go to relax and get away from it all. So for me, that is my bedroom right now. Um, So when I think about my bedroom, that's what, what, where my goals were when I set that room up. So let's talk about setting an intention for our master bedrooms. How do we want to, I think you start kind of starts with like, what do you want the space to feel like? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be that retreat? Is it going to be a place where maybe it's not going to be spa like and luxurious, but you just enjoy being in there. Maybe there's a cheerful color on the wall or you just want to feel It is simple and clean and organized and not hectic. You know, there's no wrong answer here. It's whatever you feel like you want your room to to be. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I would just think that as pre-children, when we had our room set up, we didn't have a television in there. As I said, I have my small closet and Marty has his wardrobe. And we tried to keep it intentional for sleeping and other things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, this is a mommy podcast. I can say that. But yeah, I mean, I feel like we wanted it to be a relaxing place for us. And if you have chaos all around, you're not getting into that sleep mm-hmm. to where you can actually relax. I feel like it would just keep me anxious. And so we just tried to keep it very minimal when we were in originally sharing a room. So, mm-hmm. And that is a good point. The purpose of the bedroom is to sleep. So Mm -hmm. we do want to make sure that, and we'll talk, dig into that a little more later, that the space is conducive to sleeping. Mm -hmm. That's very important. Um, Other things to think about when you're setting an intention for this room is what is preventing, think of the opposite. What's preventing your room from feeling the way you want to feel in it? Is it the color? Is it too much furniture? Is it that there's not enough storage? Like what, what is it your baby? Is it your baby? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they don't intentionally disrupt things, but it just happens. (laughs) Um, so yes, what would make that more functional for you and your spouse Uh, or maybe what's missing from the room? Maybe there's not too much in there, but there's not say a cozy place for you to sit and read a book if that's not your bed. Um, and, what is it that 
one more question is, what is it that your room shouldn't be? So maybe you're using your room for a purpose that you wish you weren't. Uh, maybe, like you said, you wish it wasn't a nursery right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe there's something that you're doing in there that you need to maybe find another space for. Maybe it's your default crafting room and you're it's causing a bunch of clutter and you just need to find another space for those things. Mm-hmm. So now that we've figured out how we want our room to feel, how we want it to function, what's best for our family, then let's just, number step number two is get rid of that clutter, mm-hmm. as we're always preaching about. Um, common clutter collectors in our master bedroom. I think number one is close. You know, it's, especially if you don't spend a whole lot of time in your bedroom, it's very tempting to toss whatever you were wearing into. I feel like everybody has that place where mm-hmm. clothes, it's that in between. Like the clothing is not dirty, but it's not clean. Like yeah. you've worn it once, but you're like, I don't want to put it back in the drawer, but it's not clean yeah. <laughs> or it's not dirty. I'm going to wear it again. Anyway, there's that weird neutral space mm-hmm. that those clothes live in and usually gets thrown somewhere. So mm-hmm. maybe finding a better spot for that or I'm not one. So this is my person. I'm not one to throw them on the floor, but I hear people do that. There's just clothing cluttered all over the the floor of the closet, or maybe there's not enough room for your clothing and you're, you're folding it, but you're piling it into different places or your dressers overstuffed. Obviously I would make the case then you, you would go through your clothing and declutter that. We have a whole episode on capsule wardrobes if you would like to check that out. But basically the idea behind that is that you pare down your clothing so that you only have the clothes that fit you right now in this season and that you really feel good wearing and work for what you do day in and day out. You know, it's the appropriate clothing for whatever activities you do throughout the day. So for me, that equals about 10 to 14 outfits each season. And I just switch those out. And actually I've gotten it down to enough to where I don't even have to move it. It Mm -hmm. just all stays there and I can see it all at all times. So I might, I might switch around the drawers a little bit Mm -hmm. so I can easily, more easily access them, but it's just all there and I don't have to worry about storing it in other places or finding bins and moving them in and out. So clothes, I think is the number one thing that just, you know, because there's a lot of it usually. (laughs) I would encourage people I've only been doing this probably the last handful of months, but I used to not necessarily throw my clothes in the ground, but I would have that weird in-between space. And I've just started right when I take something off, I either hang it back up. I'm that disgusting person. I do hang it back up. <laughs> I don't have I didn't say disgusting. I was just saying it's not <laughs> it's my okay. habit. It's okay. I'll hang it back up or just like fold it in this little pile in my uh-huh. closet. But... If I don't do it right away, then it builds up. When I mm-hmm. used to throw my clothes on the floor or just in a ball or wherever, it builds up. And then you have to take like 15 minutes later in the week organizing as opposed to literally 10 to 20 seconds each day. And I just felt like I wanted that 10 to 20 seconds as opposed to 15 minutes once right. a week. Because that felt more – I didn't want to have to tackle that. And so – I am trying to get Charlotte into the same habit. I clean her clothes every day, so she just has to put them down in the hamper. But it's just, as she takes them off, they go into the hamper. It's right. just, 
it saves you time in the long run. Yeah. So that's a hard habit to build, or I should say, I feel like it takes them forever mm-hmm. to get that habit down. My 10 year old has that habit down. My six and eight year old do not yet. It could be boys too. <laughs> and it could be boys too. Yeah. Sometimes they're better than others. Mm-hmm. They're on the verge of learning that, that skill. But that is one thing that if you don't have a hamper or a place where dirty clothes go in your closet, that's like step number one. I think mm-hmm. like easy peasy, put a hamper in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then that's where those all go. Everything's organized and everything's yeah. Organized and that weird, like in between clothing that's not clean, not dirty. I usually, I have, um, a, I don't want to say a ledge, but a, a spot where I do the same thing. I don't necessarily fold it, but I throw it there mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's near the hamper. You can drape it there. Yeah, yeah. I just set it down there. It's like on, there's a, a, a set of drawers and it's on top of the small set of drawers. They're just those plastic, you know, things you get at Target or, you know, any home store. And I set the, those clothes on top of there and my habit is every laundry day, I just look at them, throw the ones that need, and usually just throw the whole pile into the laundry basket and wash them all. But yes, there is hope for those <laughs> dirty clothes and those in-between clothes. The next clutter collector is dressers. And not necessarily in the dresser, but on top of the dresser. We or I feel like we usually intend it to be a display place. We'll have pictures or vases, whatever, jewelry box, something like that on top of it. And then just randomness gets thrown Mm -hmm. on top of the dresser. So that's a place where you might want to set an intention for, meaning these three things are the only thing that can sit on this dresser or find other spaces for whatever you keep throwing there. Or maybe just put a basket there so you can throw that stuff in there so Mm -hmm. you don't see it all the time. Another big clutter collector is the nightstand. I don't know about yours, but mine is constantly. Oh, you don't? No. (laughs) I want one so badly. (laughs) Well, there we go. You can add that to your list of the things you need. I do. I want one. But we have small nightstands <laughs> on either side of our bed. That was one of the first things we bought when we got married. That's more nightstands. Yeah. And um, we always have piles of books falling off of them because mm-hmm. I read them. And it's not it's not the ones that I'm meaning to read. No, I take that back. It's not the ones I've read. It's the ones I'm meaning to read. And yeah. that list is never ending. And the pile keeps growing bigger. So I need a better system for that. But... Also, inside nightstands, I never look in it, but there's a bunch of books in there that Mm -hmm. either I haven't read or I'm intending to read. And then, you know, sometimes the whatever dresser drawer has such randomness in it, you know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a little bit of bookmarks and pens Mm -hmm. and chapstick and whatever else. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's another junk drawer. So Mm -hmm. nightstands can kind of collect a bunch of stuff and then we end up piling things around it. I don't know. I feel like as a child, there would be so many water glasses. Is that what you already said? That cut. Yes. Yeah. I just feel like they were everywhere. Just, I need to food. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have a bad habit of eating. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Because we have a TV in our room Mm -hmm. and we, I am, I am not pro or con on it. Obviously we have one in our bedroom. Uh, we've been both. We have had periods where we didn't have one. And then now we do because we have my mother-in-law that lives with us. My sister lives with us, obviously a bunch of kids. And that 
like our bedroom is our only retreat For space, sure. you know, mm-hmm. so we feel like if some, we can't force everybody to watch what we want to watch at mm-hmm. night, that kind of a thing. So to us, that's our space away. So we have a TV there and we end up eating our nighttime snacks there too the only tip i have for that if people don't want to actually put a tv in there they want to be able to take it down since marty and i don't have one in there when we were in there we would just take our laptop and watch the office on my laptop Mm -hmm. so i mean obviously it's a smaller screen but we could take it or leave it as we wanted to and i feel like that allowed it not to be a temptation for us at all times so Mm -hmm. no that's good that's good and other clutter collectors are usually the underbed space, mm-hmm. I feel like, is one of those spaces where either you just shove things there and forget about them, <laughs> <laughs> or you have these storage bins that you never really access what's in there. You think you are, but you never do, or it just gets messy, so... In the bedroom, mm-hmm. I think in general, overall, getting rid of the clutter in the bedroom, we should aim for even less, even more sparse than the rest of your entire house. I know that can be the opposite sometimes because bedrooms are a private space where either your downstairs or those public living area spaces are more where you want to show, you know, your put your best foot forward, mm-hmm. really decorate it nicely. That's where if anybody comes over, that's what they're going to see. But and we end end up or I feel like I end up saying, "Ah, eh, well, it's the bedroom. I'll just throw this in here, do that." But it really needs to be the opposite if it's going to be a retreat for us. Really aim for fewer things, fewer possessions. If there's something in there that doesn't need to be stored in a bedroom in general, if it's not your clothing, if it's not any, you know, the bed or dressers or maybe a bookshelf, whatever that you decide you need in there, it needs to be put somewhere else or, you know, given away or donated Mm -hmm. because you really want to feel like that space is for those things alone. And I feel like when you wake up, when you first get up in the morning, that's the time when you want to breathe and wake up to a space that just welcomes you in there and you don't want to be stressed out immediately. That's one of the biggest reasons that I even started with the capsule wardrobe is that I didn't want my first decision of the day to be the most stressful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do I wear? You know, if we can get that, the first few minutes of our day to be just peaceful and calm and s- you know, you want the room to say good morning to you when you wake up and be like, <laughs> not so your cheesy. screaming baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I have a lot of stress with this. Yes. So. I understand. And again, seasons, you yeah. can't change all of that, but we can control what's in our room. Mm-hmm. You maybe not be able to control that the baby's in there, but you can uh, control what's in that space. So getting rid of, like I said, I, I also aim for not having anything on the floor mm-hmm. if I can help it. You know, no, I'll call it default storage space on the floor. You know, like, well, I'm not sure where to put this. So it ends up being a pile on the floor. Mm -hmm. Uh, So making sure that I prefer nothing under the bed because I did that forever. I was like, oh, we'll just store it under the bed. We'll store If it was anything flat, I'm like, oh, put it under the bed. You know, it seemed like a reasonable place. But then it's 
things you forget about it you never see it you have to unearth it or it's even harder like we have hardwoods in our in our bedroom and it's hard to get under there and clean mm-hmm. if there's stuff under there and dust bunnies collect and all that so i think it makes your space bigger too if you have that open space underneath your bed mm-hmm. it's the same way that our couches we chose it for that reason specifically so that it made our room feel bigger there's something about the way that your eye views the room mm-hmm. i don't know but yeah that's part of the reason we don't do that all right so that's step two get rid of the clutter Step three is make a plan to create the bedroom you want. So now that we have a clean slate, everything looks great, or at least all the things are out of there that don't need to be there, then let's think about ways to improve the space for whatever your vision is for it. So how about let's improve it to make us sleep better? One thing that I've done over the years is try to eliminate all ambient light. Mm-hmm. I've read a book about, it was an entire book about sleeping better. And that is one of the biggest causes. Like sound, ironically, does not wake us up, but light will. Hmm. Our eyes are more sensitive and will trigger our brain to wake up more quickly It has to take a lot of sound. Like, if you think about it, a lot of times you just sleep through thunderstorms Mm -hmm. or noises, but light will wake you up. So, if you can, if you have, like, an alarm clock that shines in your face or if you have lights on electronics, sometimes those, like, I always, we keep our phones, or I have my phone at least, on the other side of the room. I still use it as an alarm clock, but it's on the other side of the room and it's face down. Mm -hmm. So if for some reason it turns on during the night, then I don't see it. Um, The, we also have window, a window, large window above our bed that we can't, cover it's a weird oval <laughs> shape and we can't put curtains on it yeah, you know yeah. and so but you know so it's weird we can't put dark out curtains on it or anything so i actually tried sleeping with a sleep mask i did not think this would work at all but surprisingly i love it mm-hmm. it is i've been sleeping with it for like two years i would say now and it is kind of like <laughs> Sounds funny. A blanket for your face. (laughs) But (laughs) it signals my brain to say, like, okay, it's sleepy time now. And it's just kind of part of the routine. And it blocks out all the ambient line again. And I don't know. It just, it's funny. It's become kind of a... A security blanket and I <laughs> left it at a in a hotel room oh, when no. I travel once yeah. and I had the hardest time sleeping until I got oh a new gosh. one in the mail but yeah it it I don't know I'm like maybe this is a bad thing I should start training myself not to have it but um yeah so the, that or a sound machine we some people one. sleep better yeah, we have with machine. them I don't like we I've tried sound machines and fans and all of that and I just you I sleep don't know. in silence sleep in silence whoa yes that freaks me out <laughs> <laughs> other things you can do to help yourself to sleep is and these aren't necessarily things in your room but just so you know No TV after a certain time because that blue light signals our eyes and our brains that it's time to be awake. So trying to 
reading is a really good thing to do an actual book, not mm. on your phone <laughs> yeah. or on an e-reader, you know, reading and specifically a fiction book. I've heard which, that. Yeah, I thought this was interesting. And I've noticed this for myself. Like if you're reading, if you are a nonfiction reader in general, what what nonfiction does is it introduces you to new ideas and new things. And especially me, I get thinking, Oh, I'll have to, I have to write this down somewhere or take notes or highlight or it's, and then it gets my brain spinning. So you really want something that has a narrative that's fiction that helps your mind to start getting in that imagination mode and then drifting off. You probably don't want it to be a too exciting of a fiction book, too, because that's happened to me where I get really into it and then I can't sleep because I'm mm. thinking about the characters. So, you know, to each his own. But um, And one other thing in your bedroom is if you need a new mattress or maybe a comforter or maybe there's some like a pillow, think through some of those things. I know, you know, with your spouse there's all kinds of sleeping issues sometimes and maybe you need to work out like there have been times in our marriage when, you know, pregnancy mm -hmm. and you're going through these phases where I will have, he'll be wrapped up in two blankets and I will have just a sheet on my side, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like we'll, we just have, you have to make it work for you and for your sleeping situation. But we have two blankets, two like comforter blankets. Mm -hmm. We each have one because we can't share. Cause you can't see, yeah. you know? Do what works. Figure out something that works mm -hmm. for you and your spouse. The next thing to think about in creating the bedroom that you want is easy fixes that could make it more functional. So what if you need, say, another shelf or more shelving in your closet? I really think the traditional closet with just the shelf and the bar is a very poor storage <laughs> solution. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I just have those plastic drawers that you can get at any home store that house my, the folded clothing that can't be hung up. And I like them too, because they're smaller than wider, wide dresser drawers. And I can use them for a variety of different purposes or just switch them around if I need to. So that's, that was my temporary solution. And I ended up just really liking it. So that's what I've stuck with. But maybe you need a bookcase or a shelf for your books like I do because they're all falling over. Or maybe you need lighting by your bed to read at night. Maybe you'd spend more time reading if you had a nice chair to sit in with a reading light next to it. Or a way to turn off the lights without getting up. Do they still have the clapper? Is that still a thing? I don't know. I have one of those little lights that attaches to your book. There you go. So, a book and light. those are like $5 at Target. Yeah. So. That would help out spouses. That's uh -huh. the other reason I have my sleeping mask is that my husband would like to read. Like to read. And, you know, sometimes yeah. I don't. So, you know who we have? We don't have a clapper. We have Alexa. Oh. That Am I mean, I don't have her, but people have Alexa and she's the Amazon woman like Siri, mm -hmm. but she can turn off your lights for you. I think. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Smart, smart lighting yeah. has replaced the clapper. <laughs> that was such an odd reference. I don't know. I thought about that. Like, <laughs> I have often thought sitting in bed, do they still make the clapper? Cause I would really like just the clap and these lights to go out. <laughs> that would be convenient. Anyway, more, more ways to make your room more functional. Think about those. Another thing to think about is what could make the space more calming visually. Like we said, less clutter usually means more peaceful. 
So that may mean visually hiding the cords if you have just a mess of them or like I said, if your outlets are not really close to where you're plugging your lamp in and you've got an extension cord going across your room, whatever the case may be, finding a better solution for that. Switching out maybe your functional bins for pretty baskets. Maybe mm -hmm. you just have like a plastic hamper and it would just bring you joy to have a really lovely cloth one there. Maybe switch that out or I've done that with books. I have kind of a basket that I'll put those in sometimes or my workout equipment. Actually, I have a nice little basket that I put that in my yoga mat and the blocks and that kind of thing. And again, avoid that default floor storage. So anything that's on the floor, find another way to store it somewhere else. And then what could make your room co cozier without spending much money? As we've talked about with the nester, candles, music, these things are very cheap or free in some cases, and they can just really set an ambiance in your room and make you feel more comfortable and invited into your very own bedroom oasis. Hmm. So how is your master bedroom working for you? We want to know. We want to know if any of these tips work for you, if you tried them, or if you have tips for us. We would love to know. We invite you to keep this conversation going by visiting our website at minimalistmomspodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Minimalist Moms Podcast. If you'd like to receive our show notes via email, text the word minimalist to 444-999 and you will get our show notes via email every time we release a new episode. Thank you for joining us on this journey. We wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.